0: Hello and welcome to the Weekly World Podcast with Warren and Carly, broadcasting live from the sea to the anida. Hello, Carly. How's it going?
1: Wonderful. How are you?
0: I am doing all right. So I know that you have a topic in mind that you want to talk about this week, and I know it involves a topic that you hold rather near and dear to your heart, anime.
1: It's Dongon Rompa. Insert the music here. Doo doo doo.
0: Okay, so I want to talk about this real quick because I am not a very big anime person. And before I met you, I didn't even really know what it was, to be honest. Like, I had no idea what these shows were. And then you introduced me to this video game called Rapa. Now, I have a feeling our listeners probably don't know what this is. And I think we should go ahead and try to break it down in layman's terms to kind of describe what it's about and what happens in the game. So can you talk a little bit about what it's about?
1: In short, it's basically the idea that these, like, the best of the best high school students, so they're all very, very talented, um, they call them ultimates, and they were all going to this special school in Japan called Hope's Peak Academy that was, like, supposed to foster the world's future by training these super students to become world leaders and, like, the best of their craft and whatever. But then there were two students. And who gathered up more students and they decided to basically destroy the world, I guess. I have no other better way to say it. They decided to destroy the world by making everyone feel despair and feel no hope. So they targeted the school because the school had like basically the best of the best considered the best in the world or like the world the best humanity has to offer. And they lock a group of those students in the school and force them to kill each other for the world to watch. That's the plot.
0: And I will say, so when I first sat down to watch, uh, it was a video game. Someone was playing it on YouTube. And I will tell you right now, I was like, I am not going to like this. This is going to be extremely boring. This is not my thing at all, right? But then I sit down to watch it and, oh my gosh, it is actually pretty entertaining to say the least. Like I was shocked by how much I actually enjoyed it. So, um, you know, there's a couple of characters. You get to know them really, really well as the game goes along. You you grow an attachment, I would say, to these characters. And, you know, then a lot of them, not to give away, it's a spoiler alert right here, but some of them don't make it out at the end of the game. So, um, you know, you you go through this this experience of being like, okay, this is depressing. One of my favorite characters got killed off. You know, who am I going to root for now? Kind of like watching Survivor on TV, I'd say a little bit.
1: It definitely has that kind of element of survivor. And of course, it's a video game. So you play as a main character. And you kind of, yeah, you get to know them through the main character, you can befriend them, etc, cetera, et cetera, And you don't know who's going to die. And of course, then they do the class trial where they have to figure out which student killed that student. If they get it wrong, all of them die and the student who actually was the murderer gets to walk free. But if they get it right, then the student who was the murderer gets executed in like these terrible, brutal, but also iconic executions. I think
0: we should mention here, I mean, like you're pro- if uh, someone's listening right now who doesn't really know what this game's actually about, what it's like – um, you know, I would say that the incentive really is they, they want to get out. They, they feel like their life is passing them by outside of the school. so They, they have an incentive to want to get out of the school. They, they want to get out really, really bad. And that kind of influences them to, you know, to, to behave this way, to, to, to take someone else's life and, and to want to get out to preserve their own. So that's why they're doing it. And I think that's a really important thing just to mention because otherwise you'd wonder why they're doing this in the first place, right?
1: Well, that's part of the fun is – Outwardly none of them seem like they're capable of doing this horrific thing but then the the ringleader who is like basically using this like animatronic bear named Monokuma to communicate with them is is like fueling the fire. He's basically giving them motives or reasons to want to get out, reasons to want to kill to get out. And he basically is manipulating these students who would normally never do this to do this and that's what makes it so hard cuz you're like oh my gosh, who did this? I actually have no idea.
0: Yeah, and I know that anyone listening right now who doesn't really know Don Danganronpa, they're probably wondering why in the world this is entertaining. And, you know, I had the same thought going into it. It was not going to be that great, but it is really, really good. you got to give it a chance if you haven't seen it, haven't played it. But um, the, the purpose of what we're talking about today is really about the characters in the show and our take on who the better characters are the real MVPs, if you will, of who makes the show or the game what it is. So Carly, do you have any take about, you know, who would fit that number five spot, for example? Let's count it backwards, five to number one. You know, who your top five are of all time in the game. And mind you, there are a couple of games here. So we're, we're trying to count backwards.
1: We're only going to be discussing one and two. So Rampa original and Rampa two, because those are the ones we are most familiar with and that we've Basically, watched and played all the way through. So, the ones we have the best understanding of. So, we're not going to do V3 and we're not going to do Ultra Despair Girls, which are two other spin offs. We're just doing Dongon Rampa, the original, and Trigger Happy Havoc, and then Dongon Rampa 2, Goodbye Despair.
0: Okay, so getting back to countdown. So, number five, what do you think? <laughs>
1: If I had to choose, I would say my number five is Kyoko Kitty Giddy. And the reason is, is that she, she, at first she doesn't even tell you what her ultimate ability is. But without her in the first game, you wouldn't be getting anywhere. She becomes pivotal pivotal to the plot. She becomes the main character's best ally and best friend basically and even though she's really cold at first there's just so much going on with her character super complex super compelling she made it so much more interesting and spoiler alert if you don't already know we're doing spoilers so if you haven't seen it and you want to see it not the best podcast for you
0: um no keep listening
1: (laughs) (laughs) she she betrays you during one of the last trials to save herself because basically she's being set up by the ringleader and she knows it and if you take the fall for her oh my gosh is it heartbreaking but it was so interesting like when you are found guilty and you know you're not guilty oh that moment yeah that's good without her and oh yeah it's really good
0: Okay, yeah, you know, I, I can see that, and I, I don't have her in my number five spot, so I'm going to take a slightly different take on this one, but I am going to go with the second game here, the second um, movie show, if you will, the, the what's the actual name of the number two?
1: Goodbye Despair. Goodbye
0: Despair. Okay, from Goodbye Despair, Gundam Tanaka. This guy is awesome. You know, he's, he's such a sleeper character, because you don't expect to see anything coming from him, really, because he seems like he's just kind of this nothing person, I mean, he's kind of eccentric, but he doesn't seem like he's going to actually stand up and fight for anything. But in the game, he really does go out of his way to save everybody else by doing something he shouldn't do. He does kill somebody, even though it's really kind of a gray area because the person that he kills is already dead. So, you know, we could go down that rabbit hole for a long time. But in my opinion, he's one of the most pivotal characters of of the show. And, you know, his heart was in the right place. He meant well and he did well.
1: I could see that. I could see that.
0: So, number four. Let's talk about number four here, Carly. So, what would you say for your number four character from the, the movies and shows?
1: Oh, that's a hard one. Number four. Mm, come back to me. Who's your number four?
0: Number four for me is actually going to be Nagito. Because this guy, like, you know, he basically runs the entire game for you in the second game. And later episodes of the show, I guess, the good goodbye to spare part of the show. But this dude is basically, you know, leading you through it. And you just hate the guy so much for a while, too, because you think he's just messing with you. You think he's messing with your life, people's lives who are at stake. But in the end, you find out that he, he was 10 steps ahead. He was already, like, battling for everyone else to, to survive this thing. And then once he found out that, you know, they weren't good people, he kind of had a different take on that, so so to speak. But what do you think?
1: I would put him higher. He's higher up on my list, and I'll explain why later. My number four is definitely going to be probably Taka from Rampa 1, Trigger Happy Havoc. I always forget Taka's full name because it's really, really, really long, but he was the basically the ultimate uh, committee member, Taka, mm-hmm. and it's his brothership or brotherhood with Mondo, the ultimate bike gang leader, that really, like that unexpected friendship and the way that Taka goes out, basically, it it, oh, it just solidified. He was a really, he was another sleeper character. I was like, I'm not going to like this character. He's kind of a, you know, a little bit of a stick up the butt kind of guy, like rule follower, kind of a narc. That's kind of how he comes off in the beginning. But it's like when he's crying for Mondo and Mondo's about to get executed, that oh my gosh, that was one of the saddest moments, I think, in the first Dongan Rampa, because he was just like, oh, and just like the voices that it yeah, it was really sad. It was really, really sad. Um and then the way he tried to cope with it by becoming like more like Mondo. Like taking on a bit of Mondo's personality. I don't know. There was something very endearing about him. It was like he really did try his best.
0: Okay, let's talk about number three.
1: Okay,
0: Number three, who do you have for number three?
1: Number three is Chihiro Fujisaki from Danganronpa 1. Same
0: for me, actually. I would also choose Chihiro for that one. And can I tell you why I would choose her, first of all? Of course, him. Yeah, him, sorry. Um, I think that this character really was a pivotal part of the game because they're responsible for saving Makoto's life. He would not be alive without um, Chihiro basically already being dead, but somehow also saving their life at the same time. So it's just this really, really weird um, kind of dynamic where this person basically had the entire weight of the game and the entire weight of the show on them. And they were able to save the entire crew, basically, from having this this utter, you know, disaster. Because without Makoto, I would argue they wouldn't have gotten out.
1: Yeah, without Makoto, they needed Makoto. I think that was the part of the lesson, too, was all these ultimate students, they just needed Makoto. But anyway, I digress. Um, I would choose Chihiro because that second trial was so heartbreaking and powerful. And that's really when I fell in love with the the game. And Chihiro was the victim of the second the second murder. And you find out that Chihiro is actually or was actually male and wanted to express as male but was expressing himself as female to avoid bullying because he was considered too too feminine and was severely bullied for it and so he decided, well then I'm just going to be a girl and you could tell deep down in his soul it wasn't what he wanted and so it's very it's a very complex and nuanced situation right like I don't know yeah I could almost see it being controversial but the way they handled it was very interesting and Shahiro and as a character lived far beyond his death because he created alter ego because he's the ultimate programmer And Alter Ego, yeah, Alter Ego saves Makoto. Alter Ego basically creates the whole scenario for the second game. And without Alter Ego, they wouldn't have made it out. Because Alter Ego was, like, hacking into the files. Alter Ego, but also, yeah, it was just, like, Chihiro lived far beyond his actual time in the game as Alter Ego. And without Alter Ego, so many things would have changed. So, definitely a top three and just the sweetest little character the whole i want to be stronger could get so cheesy but what you hear you're just crying you're just like oh all he ever wanted to be was loved and accepted that's a good character
0: very very powerful moment in the game i'd say if i do say so myself and we're up to the top two now so do you want me to go first with top two or do you want to go first with your top two Curly?
1: why don't you go first
0: I think for number two, I gotta go with Kyoko, and I know that you had her lower on the list than I did. But I thought that the first game really couldn't have happened without her because she was really responsible for uh, keeping the crew on track. You know, making these trials happen effectively. She did, you know, kind of make it difficult for Makoto there for a bit of time. Obviously, he was going to die because of her. But at the end of the day, she did come back to save him after the fact. And, you know, they work together to basically get out. And I think that without her in the game, it just wouldn't have been the same game. So I have to say, in my opinion, she is easily a number two for me.
1: Well, I respect that. I respect that completely. And of course, you know, we can't rank every character. There's at least 16 to 17 characters per game and We're that's talking
0: about almost 50 characters here total so
1: yeah so you know we can't touch on them all each one was very interest an interesting character mm-hmm. every single one of them was an interesting character you know i think sakura should be an honorable mention mm-hmm. because sakura was just such a tragic character and her death was so tragic and, oh, just Asahina's reaction to it. Yeah. Anyway, you could just go on a whole tangent about that and how amazing that was. So there were a lot of really good characters. But I would have to say that my number two would have to be Nagito. And the reason is, is without him, the whole projection of the second game, the way it progressed, wouldn't have happened. And it's what give, he is what gives the second game replayability. Because without him... You know, because he's like 10 or 20 steps ahead of everyone. He's already figured everything out. And he does these wild things that you just don't expect. I mean, he keeps the game interesting. He keeps the game fresh. He acts as an antagonist. But he also acts as an ally during the trials. Because without him, some of those trials would not have been, you know, wouldn't have been able to complete. And then his death for the fifth trial was one of the, like, most compelling cases. It was so interesting great powerful moment with Chiaki um in the end he did what he wanted to do which was expose the traitor and you realize the reason that he wanted to kill everyone is because they were actually remnants of despair and also he was just such a complicated character that brought so much to that that second game because you know I Hajime Hinata his moment at the end, you know, I am not Izuru Kamakura. I am Hajime Hinata. That was awesome. But up until then, I was pretty meh about Hajime. The most interesting part of him was his relationships with Nagito and Shaki. So without Nagito, I would argue the game would be a lot less interesting and have no
0: replay value. That's fair. That's fair enough. So we're up to number one. And, I mean, it's impossible to pick a number one in this game because there's so many interesting people, so many great characters, and we've left out so many great ones that, that could easily be in the top five. They've all had their great moments, right? But do you want me to go first with my number one character or do you want to go first with this one?
1: I think I know who your number one character is, so tell me.
0: I'd go with Makoto. And I, I know that people think that he was kind of a whiner at some point, but he really, really did base the entire game around him because he's the original character and he's the one who basically is responsible for helping everyone get out of there. I mean, yes, he had help from Kyoko. He had help from his friends. But, you know, at the end of the day, he was responsible for restoring hope. And without him, it just wouldn't have happened. So I have to say, pivotal character. And just an all-around, an entertaining person to play as. That I just, I did not get not I did not have the same vibe from the second game. You know, um, with Hajime, this is the main character. It just isn't the same. So, Makoto, you're special in my book and you're number one. <laughs> if you existed, you're special.
1: I could see that. I like Makoto too. I think something really powerful about Makoto is he does repeat he does repeat lines a lot, but I think it's because the game is supposed to be played over a long amount of time. It's a very long game. So if you had stopped playing for maybe a couple of weeks and then come back to it, it would be nice to have those refreshers, but if you're playing it in quick succession, he does sound repetitive. Some of the things are very repetitive, and I think that's kind of the it's like the pro and con to the game. Because, like, if you, you know, had stopped playing for a couple weeks, they have it repeat so that you're like, oh, yeah, that's what happened. Okay. Because it's such a long game. So many things happen.
0: Oh, this game's, like, days, days of playing it.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a long one. So it, it's nice to have the repetition to help with, like, remembering everything. But if you're doing it, like, in quick succession, yeah, he's a little, he can be a little repetitive. But also, I don't know, there's something... There's just something about when you play as him and you you know you got someone in a contradiction. and It's you, satisfying it, as heck. It is. And you it's get it. And then his little icon comes up. And I always just picture Berlizzi saying, talk your shit, Makoto. Talk your shit. Like there's mm. nothing like that. And his, Makoto's little squeaky voice and he's just going off on mm-hmm. him yeah great character love Makoto
0: one of my favorites
1: love Makoto and you know everyone thought he was the weakest he was the ultimate lucky student just like Nagito so they were considered talentless and just Mm -hmm. their talent was that they had enough luck to be randomly selected to get into the university Mm -hmm. that was their talent but then it turns out that Being the ultimate lucky student just means you have extreme luck. It doesn't mean you have good luck. So either really bad things could happen or really good things could happen. And the pendulum always swings the other way. And Makoto being like, I'm not going to be basically like defined by my talent. I am more than the ultimate lucky student. I am, you know, he kind of has that moment in the last trial where all these ultimates who have been like hailed as... You know, the end-all be-all for this earth gets saved by little regular Makoto just because Makoto's stubborn is essentially what what does it. Makoto's honest and stubborn and won't give up even in the face of despair.
0: Very inspiring. I do say yeah, to myself. Yeah. Very he, inspiring. He's,
1: yeah. he And he has some iconic moments. His, his non-execution execution when he gets falsely blamed, that one is just stress-inducing because you're just watching... Your, your little Makoto just like being dragged back to his doom. And it's like, is this really going to happen? Is this... Re- yes. Good character.
0: What about your number one, Carly? My number one?
1: <laughs> You're going to think I'm absolutely mad. But my number one is actually Gundam Tanaka. He's
0: he's not a number one. He's not a number one for he me.
1: He is a number one for me. And I'll tell you why. Okay. I'll tell you why. Okay. So they're all starving, right? They're all going to starve and die. Nekamaru has been turned into a robot for whatever He's already reason, dead. For whatever reason. Yeah, Warren's convinced he's already dead. Like, his, they somehow made him into a robot. I don't know. He got blown up by Monokuma, long story short, because of something Dumb Akane did. Um, they're all starving to death. They're all going to die. Gundam Tanaka is like we can't just sit here and die. We have to stand up and fight. He's basically forced us to kill someone. So he chooses Nekamaru. Why? Because Nekamaru was like the strongest one who could actually fight back. Mm -hmm. And they have a battle of wills and Gundam Tanaka wins. And he's such a goofy character. But in the end, he does end up saving all their lives because without him, they would have starved to death. He sacrificed himself. To get them out of that situation. He knew he wasn't gonna win. Even when he gets caught in the class trial, he's kind of just like, Well, you caught me. And that moment where Sonia's like begging him to fight back and say something, say he didn't do it. Oh, and then when she's begging for his life and he says, Sonia, don't 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 do that, don't beg. That's that's such a strong moment. And his whole scene, his whole like execution scene, because he's the ultimate breeder where he's saying goodbye to his hamsters. I don't know. And maybe I just have a soft spot for him because my beloved pet was a guinea pig named Dougie. And when I see those hamsters and the way he loves them, I just, I get it. I understand it. You know, maybe that's why he's my favorite. Maybe I'm biased. But I just love that idea of like this social outcast who's better with animals than people. And you kind of count him out. You're like, this guy's just delusional. He's just talking random stuff right and then he turns around and sacrifices himself for everyone and doesn't even take credit for it
0: yeah he's a he's a great character i mean i, I still don't know if he's number one but I, I can see that's a very good argument of why he would be worthy of number one yeah, so I, I respect that
1: I, there would be no more Rampa too if no one killed anyone they'll starve to death mm-hmm.
0: that's fair that's very true they would have di- all died so he, he took one for the team he,
1: he, and he didn't even ask for credit for it, he said, you know, just see me as the bad guy and hate me. So that makes my execution easier for you, essentially. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'd rather you th- hate me and think I was a bad person. And even in the end, the only thing he got mad at was that they said that he tricked Nekamaru and killed him in a slidey way. And he said, no, that's disrespectful to Nekamaru. We fought and Nekamaru lost because mm-hmm. I outsmarted him. But no, Nekamaru would never just lay down and die. The, the the resilience, the message of resilience, willpower, um, and fighting until the bitter end, even when things seem hopeless, like, that's – I love Gundam Tanaka. That's a good character.
0: You got to respect that. And, you know, I have to say, once again, I, I am not the biggest anime person out there. You know, you had to tear me away from wanting to play like a Madden game or an NHL <laughs> game, but – I have to say I really enjoyed it, and I would play the rest of them too. It's it's a lot of fun playing these games. So they're they're really really cool, and you know they're kind of a good introduction into anime. I feel like for people like myself who don't really know that much about it, it's it's kind of a good foray into it, if you will. So I, I had a good you know experience playing it with you and learning about it.
1: Good. There are some things I could take or leave. Like I don't really appreciate the like, quote unquote, fan service, that I could avoid. All, all of, all of Macan's moments I could avoid, wouldn't necessarily, and there, there are like certain things where I'm like, eh, I don't really like the way this is going. But all in all, very, very well written, and the soundtrack, that's a good soundtrack. I mean, it's iconic at this point, right? You know it the minute you start humming it. The do 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 do
0: and I, don't, I think a lot of people know about Rampa even if they don't even know about it because of the Squid Game show, which I have not personally seen. And to be honest, doesn't really interest me that much, so I probably won't be watching it. But it, from what I can tell, from what I can gather, it basically is the same kind of premise of Rampa, So it's just kind of a different take on it.
1: It is a di- from what I can g- – I haven't seen it either. I am actually interested in seeing it. <laughs> but um, it – it does kind of feel Danganronpa-esque. Maybe a little more dystopian and maybe a little less. Because, like, Danganronpa is also supposed to be really kitschy. You know? It's kind of silly. The blood is pink. Like, it has serious moments, but it's very kitsch. Mm -hmm. And it wants to be kitsch. It doesn't want to be super serious. Whereas, like, Squid Game is very super serious. And I think it's more to do with, like, money and things like that. But I do... I don't know. I can see how they're similar. I see the parallels. Like... I see certain things like, yeah, this idea of this group of people being trapped together and, like, there can only really be one winner.
0: I mean, just, just being, you know, myself here for a second on a personal note, like, I know we have conversations with folks sometimes about, like, what's on Netflix, you know, shows that are worth watching, but I'm just not really the kind of person who sits down and watches Netflix, per se, you know, I mean, like... It just seems like a lot of work to me almost <laughs> that I don't want to have to invest in like a show so it's easier for me just to turn on the TV at the end of the day and like you know put on whatever shows already on TV just like like an old Seinfeld you know rerun something like that just cuz it's on conveniently then it's off then you can go to bed but like I feel like I have to really invest when I have to like watch a show on uh, on Netflix or something so to me that that's why I don't that's why I don't um, watch a whole on Netflix and probably why I won't watch Squid Game even though I'm sure it's a fantastic show
1: I've heard great things about it. I'm super interested in it. But also, like, sometimes if it's been hard, which the last couple years have been pretty hard, um, watching something that's emotionally devastating is really hard for me. I don't know why. It's like a weird mental block. Like, I don't like to watch sad things when real-life sad things are going on, if that makes sense. And I guess real life sad things are always going on, but it just like emotionally, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I could handle any more tears. I don't know if I could handle any more tears. And I think that's what Dongan Rampa kind of does perfectly. Is like it, it's just funny enough. It's just kitschy enough that the set and the sad moments are sad, and you do cry. But like there's there's breaks. Mm-hmm. There's long breaks in between it. It's very. Like, some people could say it's poorly paced because a lot of nothing happens and then everything happens. But I would argue that that's sometimes that's nice. Because just, like, getting hit over and over and over again with devastating events can desensitize you. It makes it less impactful. Um, and I don't know. I guess it's just personal preference. I would watch Squid Game. But maybe... Now it's just not the right time in my life, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's so much stuff to watch on Netflix as, as it is. We're always hearing about things we can check out. But, you know, we, there's just not enough hours in the day. You know, it's just, <laughs> there's just not enough time in the day to watch all this stuff. Like, i, I love to sit down and watch all these shows. But, you know, and then I find I have to get some stuff done. And, you know, if I if I sit down and watch Netflix all day, then I'm, I'm never going to get it done. So
1: Also, I find, like, I don't want my eyes to hurt. And if, you, if I, like, I'm sitting down all day, I start, like, I don't know. You just start to feel not good. I don't know. That was a really ineloquent way of describing it, but you know what I mean. It's like that, that weird, like lethargic feeling. It's not very pleasant.
0: Is that what they call a show hole? Where it's like you're stuck.
1: You yeah. have to keep watching
0: stuff because you don't want to. You don't want to stop, but.
1: Um, not like, like a show hole is when there's nothing to watch. Okay. But yeah, it's like yeah, it's like that like. Like, you know, you just kind of feel lethargic and you're like, mm, I don't know.
0: I think people today could benefit from the days of VCR having to tape a show on network TV. Just oh. having to tape that thing. That'd be, that'd, be, that'd be like, you know, a lesson in, in uh, satisfaction and <laughs> delayed, delayed gratification.
1: <laughs> Why are you like it you're like a, you're like someone's little old grumpy grampy inside like my young husband? Like <laughs> Grampy's come out.
0: Grandpa Warren's here, everybody. I,
1: yeah, here to complain about our modern technology. No, I back mean, in my day. <laughs> I had a
0: VHS.
1: No. I mean, there are pros and cons, right? To everything pros and cons to everything nothing is all good nothing is all bad and it's best to just not judge it just enjoy your life let people watch their netflix but if you don't want to then don't
0: on that bombshell i think we're out of time this week carly any last words before we go
1: gundam tanaka
0: makoto baby <laughs> and the words of bralese on youtube big Mac. Big Mac.
1: I love when he called him Big Mac.
0: (laughs) We will see you next week. This is the Weekly World Podcast with Warren and Carly. Until next time, peace.